Have you always wanted to be a star? Whether you want to be in the spotlight or behind the scenes, you'll get some great info from this show. It's the Angel and Harmony Show on Voice America Kids. Now, here's Angel and Harmony. Thanks and welcome to the Angel and Harmony Show on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Angel Ramirez. And right now, we have a special guest star with us today. Introduce yourself. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Nick Haney. And I'm happy to be on here. Yeah, so we're going to start off with the segment one, the seven questions. We might not get to all seven questions because, you know, that's how we usually it usually works. But yeah, so. If you had the opportunity to get a message across to a large group of people, what would your message be? This question gives me anxiety because <laughs> I don't know. Why would I even want to talk in front of a large group of people? Well, that's you wouldn't. It would be like, I don't know, like, what would it be? PSA, like a public service announcement type thing. I would probably say like maybe um, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. You know, that's kind of. Wow. That's deep. That's really deep. I know. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I was not thinking that. Yeah. (laughs) Good job. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, that's how I look at it. You know, you just want to make sure that, um, because that's, at the end of the day, that, that's going to be what people kind of remember you for is that you work something that benefits almost everyone rather than, you know, just yourself. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to go with that, too. <laughs> no, you have to choose your <laughs> no, own. No, I refuse. Okay, next question. If the average human lifespan was 40 years, how would you live your life differently? I think everything would be different. How? Well, I mean, I don't like, everything would be crunched, you know? Like, the time. We probably wouldn't spend as much time in school because that would be half of our life, you know? That is a good point. That's too much time in school. Literally over half our life, depending on, like, what you get, you know, like, degree-wise. But, yeah, so everything would be different. I don't know. It'd be the, It's, like, the same if you had, like, an extra 100 years to live. Like, you know, the small things like school wouldn't but really it's matter. Not, it's not 100 years. It's I just, like, 20. It's... The know. average lifespan <laughs> is not 60 years. It's like What's the average It's like 74, lifespan? I think, isn't it? 74 to 80? 74 to 80? Oh, I thought it was a lot higher. That kind of No, we're all dampens my mood. Oh, this is on caps. Oh, well. If you look at your life in fractions, like In 2010, I'm, the average was 67.2. That seems oh. way too young. Just kidding, I lied. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> Google's telling me it was that in 2010, and then in this other country, it's 49.42. Well, we're in America, so... In Japan, it's (laughs) 82.6. So the Japanese live a lot longer (laughs) than the Swazilians. How do you pronounce that? Oh, Swaziland. So I don't know if they're known as Swaziland, though. Maybe Swazilanders. Maybe, maybe. That Is that like it. an island or like a literal country? I don't, I, w- I don't know. I'd probably Google that too. Yeah. To see. Because they only I'm live for literally like fi- less than 50 years. So That'd be really disappointing. I'd want to say that we're a little bit higher just because of our healthcare system. That's true. Yeah. So. I'm going to figure this yeah, out. Yeah, we're looking it up. I don't know where this is for real. Images. I'm it is. Jeffrey, so I know anyway. Oh no, these are just people. Oh. That's not the country itself. Your bad. There it kid. is, right there. But where? I don't know any of those places. Uh, it's, a, it's a sovereign state in southern Africa. 
okay. So oh. that kind of kind makes of clears everything up. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I'd probably travel more and do a little bit Where less. Where would you get the school. money yeah. for traveling though? Oh well, now you're making it. I didn't know. I thought maybe because no, like you, you can't years. have money. Oh, you well. can't just start off with money. <laughs> it'd, it'd be, be like it'd your be life just now, like, yeah, minus thirty years. So I'd probably win the lottery, or okay, you can't. okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, That's or drop like a good you. single here, like right. start rapping, and then kind of just travel the world. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> logical. Yes, very. <laughs> okay go on okay what do we all have in common besides our genes that make us human i think Whoa. you oh. okay <laughs> <laughs> there could be you okay like, I'm, just, I'm trying to answer this question in the most like you know relatable way possible because in order to like <laughs> <laughs> what? To relate what to other humans? <laughs> yeah. Because if, if I say something that's like just, I don't know what I'm saying. It's just how you You feel? answer this question. You haven't answered any of them. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly. Well, what do you think humanity is? Like, how would you define that? Besides just like the that's physical attributes of being a human. I don't know. How would I define humanity? Yeah. <laughs> I don't Boom. You answer that. <laughs> uh, I think if you really break it down, the one thing that we really all have in common, I think John F. Kennedy said it, you know, really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to reference him a lot, okay. just a heads up here. <laughs> all right. Um, is that we're all mortal. And, you know, and that's the thing that kind of connects us is, you know, at one point or another, we're going to, you know, leave this earth. And, and what we do with the time that we have is what connects us true but isn't ev- like everything <laughs> mortal so would you just well are you talking oh you're like i didn't know i was just saying i mean we're all mortal as humans i didn't know how to like it was like exclusively yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like we're just disclu- uh, oh um i would probably argue the ability to think for ourselves i mean that could dolphins think for themselves i mean to an extent <laughs> but i mean geez you guys are tough over here <laughs> I, I, well, well, I could see that, and also just like the entire. We have opposable thumbs. So yeah, but uh, I guess that counts as gorillas. Gorillas, yeah, and monkeys. Yeah, have opposable thumbs. They just went like this, and they like curling. <laughs> no, what? Like, how do you not know they have opposable thumbs? <laughs> <laughs> so your answer to that deep question is opposable thumbs. Spell that, so I'm not even gonna. Try. <laughs> I, I don't. I do not know that monkeys have opposable thumbs. It's, it's like a common. I think chinchillas have opposable thumbs, actually. Do they really? Yeah, because they can like you. pick little things up with their tiny hands. It's so cute. <laughs> They're supposed to have like the softest fur. Yeah, they actually they do. do. They have really soft fur. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So opposable thumbs and mortality. That's our answer. I like mine better, but... Yeah, no, yours is way more deep than mine. <laughs> yeah, totally. So. For real. Really gets into it. All right. Oh, I'm trying to... F- if you could choose one book as a mandatory read for all high school students, which book would you choose? This is a the lame Bible. question. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <sighs> Just one book or one genre of books? Because if you say, no, like, one book. all the... It says one book. Do you guys read the books that like the teachers assigned to you? No. no. See, that's yes. that's the well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I read them because I like reading, but 
Ew. Like, right now, I we're just reading, reading, like, the picture of Dorian Gray, which all, is all about, like... Pictures? No. <laughs> it's yeah. about the concept of beauty and how, like, the main character... Have you read it? The picture? No. By Oscar no. Wilde? It's about morality. M- morality, not morality. morality. I yeah. said morality. Yeah, I know. I was <laughs> clearing things up. <laughs> no, okay. but in the book, it talks about how, like, um, they believe that beauty is, like, the only important concept in life. Like, you should only focus on beauty because that will determine, like, your social class, like, and all these different things. And it's really interesting because, like, I'll just explain the book really quick because it is a good book to read. I do. <laughs> I am enjoying it. But um, I'm pretty much this this guy Dorian Gray he's like this innocent like beautiful young man or whatever and then his morals get like twisted by this this other guy this his friend um and for example like his friend Lord Henry believes that like marriage for example is um it's it's like it's stupid yeah it's stupid because it makes someone unselfish and being unselfish um means that you lack individuality and like it makes you colorless type oh, thing. So like looking at me like, oh, well, help me out. did you read it at all? I've read it. I just skipped a few chapters, but I know what's going on. <laughs> okay. How many chapters are we talking here that you skipped? Well, we've only read like ten. ten. So you skipped like five? <laughs> no, <laughs> like three. That's so I've read a 30%. majority of it. I still so. know what's happening. Anyway, and he he's like focused on like his image and everything like that and his friend basil like paints a picture of him and it's i pronounce it i pronounce it basil too but he tells me it's spelled like the basil leaf so how do you how do you say it basil like basil basil Basil. oh basil yeah (laughs) but anyway he makes picture and pretty much he like says a curse that he's like i rather um i would give up my soul to be able to stay young forever um and then it like switches so the painting like grows old and hideous as time goes on and then he becomes like he stays the same and like young and youthful like young and youthful youthful and beautiful and everything like that so yeah it's a pretty interesting book but i didn't really answer the question but still let's take a break i'm (laughs) angel ramirez i'm harmony hagedorn and i'm nick haney and you're listening to the angel and harmony show You are just starting to become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 13 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through ready for what's next. Life at 13. Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, 
and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to the Angel and Harmony Show on Voice America Kids, the show about the performing arts and more. Now, back to your host, Angel and Harmony. Thanks and welcome to the Angel and Harmony Show on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Angel Ramirez. And I'm Nick Haney. <laughs> oh, wait, am I not supposed to say that? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, you're good. Okay. Reveal here. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, well, I'm a junior at ASU, um, studying political science and pre-law, and I'm also uh, pursuing a certificate in Homeland Security and International Studies. Um, What? That sounds pretty (laughs) fancy. Okay. Yeah, that's no big deal, really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now explain all of that stuff. Okay. Just what is that? Right. So political science, it's pretty much your learning... um, well, the thing is, is when you're your first like two years, you're learning like the basics. So you do a lot of understanding how not only how our government works, but how uh, other countries' government works. Um, and then depending on what you're interested in, you can kind of branch off from there. Because it's like you're a scientist essentially. Um, you do a lot of like looking at statistics and trying to uh, predict how people vote, what issues people care about. Um, I don't like that aspect of it. I like it more for the government aspect, but um, you have to do it. And then um, being pre-law just kind of gets you ready to go to law school, um, and that's something I definitely want to do. Uh, and I'm really interested in homeland security, or you know, spe- specifically counterterrorism, um, because it is a huge threat to our country. And I definitely want to, you know, serve my country. And I think I, that's the best way that I can. Um, and so what you do for um, a Homeland Security Certificate is you take a bunch of counterterrorism classes and know how to um, not only be proactive um, against terrorist attacks, but also understand um, how they operate. And, and it's actually really, really interesting. And this is something that um, I think ASU just started doing a couple of years ago. Um, because before 9-11, there wasn't a lot of research on, you know, terrorism and, and how mm-hmm. terrorists operate. So since then, you've seen a big shift, not only um, in how our nation handles, you know, terrorist threats, but also the research aspect of it. So it's actually really, really um, cool to see. Um, and, yeah, international studies, it's basically just, like I said before, you're kind of learning about uh, other countries and how, how they operate. Because foreign policy is huge um, when it comes to... Uh, (laughs) yeah foreign policy is really is really um important because you know we do operate on a global scale now you know our our economies are are mixed and and i think it's really important and and it's something that every political scientist usually pursues just because it's good to have all right yeah that sounds really cool i wish i would know how to do all that stuff (laughs) so um you're in the ASU Student Senate, yeah, correct? Okay. Yeah. So what what do they do? Like, what's their purpose? And um, okay, so this is my second year um, as a senator, uh, and I'm part of – so I'm the chair of the University Affairs Committee. So th- basically the Senate is like your Congress, um, and what we do is we d- develop legislation, and we also um, – we're they're, bo- they're the strongest voice for students on the ASU campus, so – we're allowed to write bills. We um, appropriate funds to like different clubs and organizations on campus, um, and we really have a lot of power to to really implement positive change around campus. So, um, the way Senate works is you have Senate, and then you're divided into four committees. You have the Finance Committee, um, which they appropriate funds to college councils, which they're so each um, 
school within ASU has their own college council and they do different stuff that are um, mm -hmm. like they plan events that are specific for their students. So there's college councils, um, the appropriations committee, they appropriate funds to different clubs and organizations. We deal with more than a hundred thousand um, dollars every year. It's, I want to say this is just an estimate, but it's like $300,000 or a little bit more than that. So we have a lot of money that, that we have the ability to appropriate. So it's, it's a big responsibility. So we're able to appropriate the funds to the clubs and organizations. Um, and then we have the government operations committee, and they pretty much are like our internal police. They make sure we're following the ASU constitution, our bylaws. Um, and so that's what they do. And then you have the university affairs committee, which is what I'm chair of. And what we do is we handle issues that are facing students on campus. So um, from like we have walk-only zones where there's certain areas of campus where you're not allowed to ride your bike and a lot of students are upset about it. We'll address that. We address, um, you know, different issues that students um, want to see change around campus. So we have a lot of power to do pretty much whatever we want. Um, there's one major issue that we have people that come on our campus that, um, you know, yell at us and, and have signs that basically say that ASU students deserve to be assaulted, to put it. Um, that's the edited version. But um, <laughs> basically say that ASU students deserve to be assaulted. And so we work um, closely with, you know, ASU officials and our, uh, our president to see what we can do to kind of stop that. So we have a lot of power to kind of do a lot of stuff. Um, and it is tough, though, too, because we do represent a, um, a big, diverse group of of students, especially on the Tempe campus, is the largest campus that ASU has, but it is very rewarding. Oh, so what are some accomplishments that you have done before in the past? Um, so we just started this year. So last year when I was on it, um, the main issue is we didn't have collaboration. So you have, so you, the student government has two sides. There's the staff side and then there's the Senate. Um, the staff side is the with the president, and then the president has two VPs. Um, one is of services, one is of policy. So the services handles, like, we have something called the safety escort, which picks up students um, from, like, 7 to, like, 1 or 2 in the morning just to give them a safe ride um, on campus. Uh, so he'll handle that. And then we have policy, which kind of helps with civic engagement and, and making sure that we're connected with, like, your local officials, your lo local elected officials. Um, some of the stuff that we've done this year is we've, well, we've, our president actually created a new appropriation system. So we, so what happens is if we don't appropriate, say we have $300,000 for the year, if we don't appropriate all that um, funding to different clubs, organizations, et cetera, it'll go into general pot. And then what happens is all three can or all four campuses will bid on that, on the money that's left over. And then they get stuff for like over the summer. So what our goal this year was to make sure that, um, we were able to appropriate all those funds because, you know, the, the students deserve to have that money. Um, and so what we did is, well, our president actually developed a, a new plan to appropriate funds. It's actually, so we've appropriate, it's worked 10 times better than, than we've seen it in the past. So that's really exciting. Um, and then what else we're working on is there's been some assaults on campus. So um, I actually thought, like, why don't we do self-defense class? So it's called Send Devils Fight Back. Um, and we're actually bringing in a pro NFL um, Hall of Famer. He's a kicker, um, and he he's going to teach a self defense class that's free for all ASU students. Um, and that's something that we're pretty excited about too, because wow. we're actually yeah yeah that's it's actually really cool, cool. Yeah. actually yeah. Um, and so he's going to show um, you know how to be aware of your surroundings, and he's tailoring the class specifically. So if you're a male, obviously the techniques are going to be a lot different than. Um, if you're a female, because if there's a, you know, a larger 
male. It's you know you're gonna, your techniques are going to be different, and yeah. and a lot of students on campus have mace, and they you know they think it's effective, but um, it's not entirely effective because you have to maintain the mace. And also, there's been an ex- a great example where um, a student, it was her friend, but a student um, actually sprayed her friend with mace. And then he gave her a head start to run, and he was still able to run, tackle her, and pin her to the ground and said, like, look, this is not as effective as you think. So yeah. it's, the key is to be, be aware of your surroundings, and it's, it's kind of the goal of it is to be the last resort. So you want to have the buddy system. You want to be more aware of your surroundings. And if it gets to that point, then you have the, the ability to defend yourself and get away. It's not to, you know, go out and fight your attacker. It's <laughs> yeah. you know, to defend yourself and be able to go away. And, and we're currently working with uh, the Tempe City Council, um, the local law enforcement officials, um, different clubs and organizations on campus to really kind of be proactive against this. Because, you know, unfortunately, we do have a large campus and and because there are a lot of college students there, it, it does attract some the wrong crowd that kind of flock to there. And so mm-hmm. we're really trying to make sure we keep students safe. Um, let's see. We have a we have a lot planned. This is usually so right now. This is kind of like our second month into it. So we haven't really we've accomplished a lot, but there's still a lot more that we need to accomplish. Right. Um, but so far, that's what we've worked on. We've um, recently our policy department registered a lot of people to vote. Um, which was really good. And we're really working on um, reaching out to ASU students because I, f- I think one of the biggest problems of student government is it's, a lot of people don't know what we do or, or who we are. So, um, yeah, but that's right. So far, that's what we're really working on. That's something that we're all proud of. Um, and so we are uh, – I, I think there's going to be a lot more that we accomplish in these coming months because uh, our main two months are kind of focused on making sure um, the appropriations um, – committee has all the help they need to appropriate the funds to the different clubs and organizations so after that we'll go ahead and um, we start working on the bigger picture we've also worked uh, with our president to give authorization authorization because we have these like um, mall police basically they're like security guards to see (laughs) if we can give them authorization to make sure that if someone is holding a sign demanding for students to be assaulted um, that we can kind of take that away because it is against our bylaws so we are working um with that too so you know we still the university affairs committee has a lot of projects kind of going um towards the long-term goals and we also um get our government operations committee has actually changed our entire bylaws because they were like five or ten years old so there's a lot of stuff that needs wow. to be changed yeah so this thing is doing a lot a lot of good work and i'm definitely excited for the future yeah me too that sounds <laughs> really yeah. cool all right well we'll continue after the break i'm angel ramirez and i'm harmony haggard and i'm nick Haney. And this is the Angel and Harmony Show on the Voice America Kids Network. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook, every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Bon appetit! We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? 
It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams, and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 14 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you ready for what's next. Life at 14, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. You're listening to the Angel and Harmony Show on Voice America Kids, the show about the performing arts and more. Now, back to your host, Angel and Harmony. Thanks and welcome back to the Angel and Harmony show on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Angel Ramirez. And I'm Nick Haney. All right, so we were talking about the ASU Student Senate, right? <laughs> okay, um, you just kind of went over, like, the, the positive aspects that it has. But what are the struggles that you guys go through? Like, what problems do you face? Um, I think there's a lot of struggles, and there's a lot that I didn't anticipate. So everyone runs for student government because they're passionate about something, um, and and almost every single member of the Senate is extremely passionate. But I think for me personally, one of the issues that I kind of struggle with and I still struggle with is you run because you think when you get elected that you'll have the power to change everything that you want to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then kind of being in that position and realizing there's certain stuff that you just can't change because like, for example, um, the university affairs committee is working on lighting around campus and, you know, there's certain areas that are extremely dark. And so the way I looked at it is like, okay, now we have the power to, to light up these areas because, one, it makes our campus safer, and two, crime, um, it's, it's proven that crime is less likely to occur, occur that's a hard word for me, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> um, when, you know, there's more lighting around, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so when I looked at it, I was like, okay, so we can definitely improve this. It's something we can control. And then it turns out, no, you can't because it's not just as easy as putting lights in because the way it works is some areas of camp, of around campus are so old that there's no electrical wiring running underneath those buildings. Bruh. Yeah. So basically what we'd have to do is tear up like all the sidewalk and stuff. It'd be a huge project. And so, Dang. yeah. And you know, it's, it's just tough by a bunch of flashlights. Like, Oh, <laughs> just lot. tape them all just around. All the yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and that's kind of the things you have to go with. Another struggle is you have to realize that you are a representative and, um, you know, there's certain issues that you may be very passionate about and leaning towards 
one way, but your constituents are leading another way, and you have to make sure you match your passion and your beliefs um, with what their beliefs are. Uh, and, and that's kind of tough, and especially in some of these you know, controversial issues that we do handle, um, it is tough because you want to vote one way, but you also have to make sure the voice of the people you've been elected to represent are being heard. And, and everyone kind of handles it their own way. For me, I, I like to think of it as they elected me as a person because you know, my vision for making this campus better and what I want, want to do around campus is, um, is kind of mashed with theirs. I think that can be applied to even politics today is you know, half of the voters are registered as independents. You know, you see mm-hmm. a lot less people voting along party lines. They vote for a candidate. They vote for the candidate that they feel has a vision that kind of matches their own. And and I think the same goes with student government because it is there's no parties involved in student government. So um, some may say it is a popularity contest, but for the most part, people want to know what are you going to do for them around campus. And yeah, so the main struggle is realizing that there's some things that you don't have the power to control. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's also things that, you know, you have to understand that you are a representative and you have to make sure that you're representing um, people. And there's sometimes that there's issues where um, you just don't, you know, feel strongly, strongly about a certain side, but a lot of your constituents do. And as elected representative, you have to kind of make sure that you voice their concerns, too. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the media, too, plays a big role. And even at the student government level in college, we have our own, it's called the state press, and um, it reports on everything, which is really good because it gets information out there to students. But, um, like, for me, I have to realize that if if they want to talk to me, if I make a statement, it's it's not just me as a senator making a statement. It's me representing the entire student government making a statement. And they can kind of twist things around and, and... make people become very angry with us but you know it's just one of those things where I'd ra- I'm glad that they're there because it helps you know connect students but yeah there, I mean there's struggles and everyone has their own way of dealing with it but for me I just try to do what I think is best and and make sure that I, I continue um, talking to the people that I represent to make sure that I, I'm doing my job uh, representing them. Yeah for the the controversial like topics mm-hmm. that you like disagree with your your fellow senators or whatever, um, how do you normally, like, solve that situation? Like, mm-hmm. do you come up with a compromise or do you just go one way or the other? Or how does that usually work? Um, I think the big thing is uh, you don't want to take anything personal. So if there's, a say, like a bill I don't agree with, um, it's, it's key to make sure that everyone's there because they are passionate. They're extremely pas- passionate people, and that's good. But when you have that, obviously, you know, there's a lot of emotions involved. And for me, what I like to do is I don't take anything personal there. You know, we both have different ideas on how we want, you know, ASU to progress in the future. Mm-hmm. And um, so the key is, one, not taking anything personal. And two, you do have to kind of compromise. There's maybe something that I don't necessarily agree with. But if we can find that middle ground, um, then that's what I would rather do than rather than, you know, just try to fight to, for example, kill a bill altogether or vote no on a bill. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they always say like be- the best compromise is when no one is happy because that's really a great compromise, you know, because yeah. <laughs> you, know, you have to give a little. Um, but for the most part, you do try to, for me, I always try to see it from the other side. So, um, if there's an issue, I try to look at why, why are they passionate? Why do they support this and kind of understand that? And that kind of helps us reach, reach a compromise. But there's, you know, obviously there's going to be some stuff that you don't budge, but 
um, as a representative, you do have to look at both sides. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with because some people get so set in their their beliefs and so set in they, they look at things from one way and that makes it very difficult for them to, to compromise. Right. Okay, yeah. Um, how does this organization and this entire thing, how does it contribute to your personal future? Um, eventually, I would like to uh, run for, for public office um, because I do think that I can do a lot of good, you know, changing changing things how they are and making, you know, things a little bit better. Um, but, you know, I wasn't sure because I don't like how our political system is today. I don't like the gridlock we see in Congress and the constant back and forth. And so, you know, I know that sounds weird because my major is political science, but <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, you know, but I just don't like it because I, I like the whole idea that, you know, George Washington said that we are public servants. You know, we were elected to serve the public. We're, you know, in, mm-hmm. a, in a sense, the public is our employer. And, and I wasn't sure. And so being involved in student government, I've seen a lot of the bad aspects of it and, and the bad aspects of politics itself. But I've also seen all the good that you can do. For example, like I said, the Sun Devils Fight Back event where, you know, that was just an idea I had. And, and luckily, like, a lot of people were like, yeah, like, let's totally do that. And they were working with, so we're all worked together to plan it. And, and that's just something that you have an idea in your head. And now you're getting to, getting to see it, you know, being implemented. And that's a really awesome feeling. So there's, there's a lot of power when you're holding a public office. And, and so, you know, in the future, I do definitely want to give back and I want to help people. And I think that the, one of the best ways I can is, you know, serving as a public official and hopefully, you know, running for office someday. And I would love to, you know, who knows what the future holds, but, you know, even as much as far as running for president, trying to change the political culture that we have and kind of, you know, move our country in the right direction. So, you know, USG obviously helps with that and kind of getting that experience and understanding how things work and how you have to, you know, conduct yourself as an elected official. So, you know, and I love it. There's not a time where I I ever regret running for Senate. It is very time consuming, but it's also very Mm -hmm. rewarding. Yeah. So kind of going along with that, what what other steps do you plan to take in your fu- like in the future to be able to get to that dream career you know like of even running for president you know um you know everyone has their <laughs> own <laughs> that's a Sorry. huge yeah um everyone kind of has their own ways that they that they do it for me i i definitely want to go to law school and and i definitely want to you know maybe pursue a career in counterterrorism with the fbi um i that kind of middle ground is kind of hazy i do want to help people so and when I feel like the time is right where I feel like I've done the most good I can, whether it's being a lawyer or, or working for the FBI um, or some you know government agency, once I feel like I've done the most good I could can do there and, and you know, I'd obviously, because when you run for office, it, it, you have to think of also your family because, you know, the media will pick apart your life. And, right. you know, it's kind of just playing it by ear, but I would, you know, definitely want to have a career where I help people. And when I feel like, you know, uh, the time is right, just like kind of how I felt for the Senate, then I'll, and then I'll definitely run. But, you know, law school helps getting a political science degree so you can understand the climate, understand how people vote, why people vote, um, what they're passionate about, and then continuing um, to be involved in the community. So really, I you know, I've been, even since high school, I've been very involved in the community, and, and I love it. And so kind of continuing that as I'm going to college, law school, and, you know, eventually have a career. Um, so then I understand the issues that are faced. So when I do run for office, I'm not just kind of like have no idea what's going on. I know what people are passionate about and, and chances are I'm going to be passionate about it too. So there's different steps, but I, you know, I'd love to, to, to have a good career where I'm able to, you know, give back and help people. And then, 
um, then eventually kind of run for office. But it's, you know, we'll see what happens. It's, it's so yeah. far away, and there's a lot of stuff you have to do, but getting an education is one of the first things, and I'm doing that, and um, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, so. how many years of school is that all together? Because you're yeah. like, FBI, uh, need to go to law school, and you're <laughs> in school right now, so, like, all together, how much is that? Like, how much of your life are you sacrificing to put towards this? It's, uh, it's about seven years all together. Well, I mean, well, I'm already a junior at ASU. So you have three years there, and then you have, uh, well, yeah, four years of your undergraduate degree, and then you have three years of law school. Um, and then you kind of go from there. Getting a law degree does definitely help you um, when you want to go for, like, the FBI. Um, but it is seven years, but the way I look at it is, you know, it's something that I want to do. It'll give me the the ability to help people. Um, so but yeah, it is so much time. It is well, a I lot mean, of like, school. like when you compare it, like seven. It's just seven years more than like or think, like yeah. total. Like in your no. entire lifespan, that could like accomplish what you want to do. So it's not like as big as a sacrifice. It's well, like, think how much time you spend in school already. Yeah. So okay, yeah, but I. I don't want to spend a lot of time in my future on school. Like, that sounds terrible, but, like, I hate school when I'm older. <laughs> I may be like, you know what, looking back, I'm glad that I went to law school or decided to become a doctor and went to school for 12 years. But then I wasted 12 years of my life in school. Well, I mean... And you, I might not even be a doctor for more than 12 years. Yeah. Like, honestly, <laughs> what am I really getting from this? Well, college gets easier because then, like, your work, you know, I like... I don't I'm believe one, you. Well, the, way, the reason I say it's easier because it's a little bit easier to be more motivated because you're working towards that career. You're working towards... So, like, high school, you're working towards college. Right. You know? And then when you get to college, it's like, okay, I'm working towards getting this job that I want. And, and it does kind of... I mean, it is a little bit harder because... It, well, it depends how you treat it, obviously. Um, yeah, but it's kind of your, like, whole percentage. Yeah, if you want A's and B's, it's going to be a little bit harder than if you just kind of want to, you know, skin around. But the thing is, is is I look at it as you're, you're doing the work now, so you'll be able to do what you want to do in the future. So I'd rather have seven years of hard work now and then enjoy, you know, a really the future that I kind of want. Yeah. But, I mean... I would go with him. Okay, so <laughs> say you go through seven years of school to get into the FBI, and then you get shot on your third day on the job. <laughs> Glad to see you're optimistic here. Yeah. Uh, totally. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to join the FBI, so I totally... I have no I, like, faith in you, honestly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I, like... Okay, but... But what if you don't? But what if you don't get shot? Yeah. yeah. Okay, but when, what if you get fired, or what if you mess up? Or, like, there's so much pressure on... Like, yeah, but you can't let much. failure dictate your decisions yeah, in life. Yeah, I, I can. That was too well, inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what do you want to do? I have no idea. I have no plan for my future. That's horrible. That's <laughs> a really bad idea. I'm ashamed of you. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, you don't have a plan. You're going to fail in life. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Just going with the flow. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, It'll I'm, happen. You'll, like, figure it out. Like, usually college is when people figure it out. Like, I'm kind of weird. Yeah. I knew what I wanted to do. Like, I've, I've like, always known what I wanted yeah. to do. I don't know why. Me like, too. it's just weird. Well, like, I want to do things, but then, like, the next day, I'm like, no, I want to do this more. Like, maybe I'll just do, like, a bunch of little things, like, cosmetology, realtor, <laughs> flight attendant, like, 800 really little things. <laughs> maybe, you know. And then I can have, like, a bunch work. of different degrees and stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You'll, yeah. you'll find You'll figure it out. I yeah. mean, you'll I figure out it. what you're passionate I, about. I got this. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a break. I'm Angel Ramirez. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Nick Haney. And you're listening to the Angel and Harmony Show.
Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the Tech Team, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to the Angel and Harmony Show on Voice America Kids, the show about the performing arts and more. Now, back to your hosts. Angel and Harmony. Thanks, so welcome to the Angel and Harmony show on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Angel Ramirez. And I'm Nick Haney. So we are going to go into more current events and things like that. So kind of catch us up and put your personal opinions into kind of what's been going on with the world lately. Alright, well obviously I'm sure the main thing that probably you guys want me to address is the <laughs> Ebola going on. Um, yes. And basically, yeah. yeah, it's. I think it is something that everyone should be concerned about. Um, it can't. It's not like, you know, you. It. It's hard for it to spread, but there is. A it's potential. not hard for. Well, it I mean, to it's not like you breathe the same air, and that's how it's going to get. <laughs> yeah. Now in the United States, could you imagine if we don't contain it, how many people would die? Like- well, the guy, the original. Um, patient was released and he came into contact with a lot of people. 17. 17 people. So, you know. But when you think about those 17, like, they go to their work and then they, like, spread it and then And then those people go to their families and it spreads so fast. And their children and then it's, like, schools. And the schools and then (laughs) their families and it's just this big bubble of Ebola everywhere. (laughs) And sooner or later we're just gonna have to, like, put a fence around Texas like, no, buds. (laughs) Please don't give us Ebola. <laughs> Please. I mean, it is concerning, definitely. But the thing is, the key to fighting it is early detection. And because we live in this country, and because, you know, we do have a great, you know, in my opinion, we have a really great medical system. And early detection is key. If you're sick, you have ways to to be seen. You can go to the you know, right. doctor, the emergency room. And so early detection, well, one of the things is also is, you know, a lot of these local hospitals before this, they, they're not really sure, you know, the symptoms of Ebola, how to detect it. I mean, that's why the guy was released. No one thought he was going to come to the United States. Because it was just a fever. Because they were yeah. like, oh, well, you just have a fever, leave. And then he started coughing yeah. everywhere. And, and if then... you look at the symptoms, yeah, like, it's just your common symptoms. And, you know, this is the time of well, year where people kind of display those symptoms just because. Right. So all symptoms of, goes no offense, but, like, all symptoms of Ebola are, like, super common in other things. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean. Except for like the internal bleeding. Or well, yeah, the last phase is pretty. Fever, headaches, pain in the joints, muscle pain, right. chest pain, sore throats, shortness of breath. It's like if you took the wrong type of medicine or like it's just like random 
like it wouldn't be shown as anything. So it's really how hard you, to detect. How do you really know? When it's they would. Early. They have to. They can test for. It. And the thing is, they're looking at people that are coming from those countries that. Um, you know, Ebola is prevalent. Are there Ebola shots? No. Well, there uh, there's experimental. No. <laughs> there's like experimental, and they the doctors have been authorized to use these experimental like vaccines, but mm-hmm. there's there's no guarantee they're gonna work just yet. But I am confident that they're gonna find a way to hopefully develop a vaccine. I think that you know the president is developing a plan, but it is it is tough because you know if you sneeze on someone. And, you know, then you're infected, but you don't know. I think the, the most dangerous thing about Ebola is the symptoms um, of it because they're just common symptoms like you were saying. So how right. do you know? I mean, I'm sure a lot of us and a lot of people that are listening can be like, oh, well, I had a headache the other day. Oh, I was, <laughs> oh, you know, no. I was Oh, no. You know, and I think that's the thing. And if you think – I think better to be – to be safe rather than sorry was the best. So if you think – I mean, right. in Arizona, I think there was two patients, I believe, that came and checked themselves into the hospital – Believing that they were having Ebola. Did they have symptoms. Ebola? Nope. They're, oh, okay. Yeah, they're tested negative. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. We're yeah. all good. Yeah, we're good. Well, I mean, okay. I heard about this thing, and um, I forgot what country it is. I want to say like. By the way, you don't bleed from your eyes. That's false. They just get bloodshot, and you bleed from your gums and your mouth. Oh. Like all your mouth just starts. Yeah, that would not blood. be fun. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I, th- I want to say it was some. Um, it was a country in Europe, but they're they're making it so no no plane can like land in their country from like texas no from like <laughs> the, those countries that it's yeah th- that it's common in mm-hmm. so in order for I them to like, get to that country they have to like make different stops but do you think that's what america should do should we kind of close you know ourselves shut out? them off from the world well, well I, I mean okay no, honestly it, wouldn't that just be, be sentencing them all to death like lol you can't come here you need no, to stay in your country saying, filled like, with like um like, in order for them to make those stops, it would be a longer amount of time to the, get to America. So by then, maybe they would know that they have Ebola. So they, you know, I, well, don't, I don't really know exactly, here. but that's what it sounded like. You um, have to kind of look at it as the president has a job to protect every American citizen, you know, and he has to protect the majority of American citizens. And I think his policy right now, and I think it's the best course of action so far, mm-hmm. is any plane that is coming from those areas or anyone that has visited um those areas where ebola is very common they're getting pulled from the plane obviously because you don't want them around all those people and they're being tested so we are we do have a plan in place um to be proactive uh but it is tough because all all it's really going to take is one person to slip through and that person you know and that's how it spreads it just takes one person and i think the thing is is we shouldn't live our life in fear but is this something we should be aware of so we can if well, we are presenting those symptoms i mean there's other things to fear too like it's not just ebola like i feel like ebola is like now that it's spreading more like what everyone's more one, cautious of it but well, that honestly like we disease people that, like, get in cars around. and that's like the number one cause of death pretty much like one of the top causes of death and people don't look it's at that crashes. yeah people um, don't look at car crashes but as soon as something comes and it's killed 18 people we start freaking out like Ooh, no, that's Well, scary. and one can argue is, I mean, look at the media. Uh, the media plays a huge role in what we as, you know, the public are concerned about. I mean, there's a great example where there was one year where the media um, reported constantly on the violence in schools. And if you would have asked someone on the street, you know, what was the most violent year in schools, they would have said that year. But statistically, if you looked at it, that was actually the year that there was barely any violence in schools. Really? So, yeah, the media definitely plays a huge role in what what's concerning us and i think it is something concerning because yeah car crashes 
are probably the deadliest, but at the same time, doesn't mean we shouldn't be concerned about Ebola because it's something that we don't. Well, yeah, I, yeah, but I think it's just kind of you have to be more aware of everything, you know, like be aware of the of Ebola and like, but also be aware of everything else, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's so many different things that yeah, that would kind I mean, of be. It's, it's tough. You can, you know, something could happen to you walking down the street. You just never know. But that doesn't mean President Obama shouldn't react. And I think he is. And I think that I do have faith in, in like our Surgeon General and our medical facilities to hopefully develop something. And I think. Okay, but what about the fact that Ebola, like just on a random note, like if they have factories there and whatever country they're made and they make products and then like someone like accidentally like with ebola touches it or like sneezes on it which is disgusting by the way (laughs) like don't sneeze on the food and then let it (laughs) ship to a different country bro but then it like gets transmitted through that and then it just starts spreading more and more do you want to pull up how it's transmitted because i believe you have to like so it has to be like a fluid so if someone sneezes on it, unless someone sneezes, I don't know because that's all the news reports are mouth. saying. But then again, yeah, in you know, yeah, I think because I well, know the White House released like how you can um, how Ebola spreads, and I think the main thing was, yeah, okay, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'll do the CDC right there. This one, yeah, okay, yeah. While you're pulling up that, there is this one case, and this dog was actually euthanized because her owner mm-hmm. had um. Ebola, but it was like this entire thing, and there's like riots over it and everything because they're saying how they shouldn't have euthanized the dog because it didn't like they didn't test it, they just euthanized it. Well, actually, that's one of the blood or bodily fluids, objects like needles or syringes, infected animals, like, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's not infected by air. So, yeah, but mm-hmm. then like a couple magazines were like, these people are making a bigger deal out of this dog dying rather than the thousands of people that are dying per year from this disease. Okay, this is what it said on the news. It was like, Ebola is not spread through air or water or in general by food. However, in Africa, Ebola may be spread as a result of handling bushmeat or like wild animals hunted for food. Hmm. And yeah, so I mean, and obviously in third world countries, it's going to be a lot easier to contract Ebola. Uh, Ebola, I don't know why I say it weird, but... Um, Ebola. 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 But, you know, I think it is something that is concerning, but I know that I feel a little bit safer knowing that, you know, the brightest minds in our country are working on it. Yeah, there's, there's, it's not just being left alone. Yeah, there's and action that's what my fear was, it. is that we're just going to be, oh, it's a disease, we'll treat it how we can. Instead, we're being proactive and trying to prevent it, so... Um, right. Yeah, it should be interesting to see what happens. But I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to develop a vaccine that people can get as easily as, like, the flu shot. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for yeah, joining us yeah, today. Thanks for having me. I've had a blast. <laughs> All right. This is the Angel and Harmony Show. I'm Angel Ramirez. I'm Harmony Hagedorn. And I'm Nick Haney. And you're listening to the Voice America Kids Network and Kidstar Radio. Kidstar, we empower kids. Thanks for tuning in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Please join us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, go be a star. We'll see you next week. My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworm and now from the Kids Star Album of the Month. Here's Mr. Saxophone Dave Farmer with Luke, I'm Your Father. Luke tells his body so Ambushed by a 
Saxophone from the Kidstar album of the month. Check it out on our website, kidstar.org. 